Charles Woodson, Desmond Howard, Denard Robinson, Timonga Bianca Batuka, from Yost to Arbaugh, passed down from generation to generation, Michigan football has stood the test of time. What's that feeling you get when you catch your first glimpse of the big house? When you hear, and take the field. When you see the team emerge from the tunnel, sprint across the field, and touch that famed M-Go Blue banner. Saturdays in the fall, tailgates with friends and family, favorite players, favorite teams, and unforgettable moments. A lifetime of memories. College football in 2020 may be unique, but it has arrived at the corner of Stadium and Main, which is where you can find Michael Spath and Justin Rowe sharing their analysis, their stories, and their emotions about this year's Wolverine. This is the Stadium and Main podcast. Presented by Kapnick Insurance Group, Wolverine State Brewing Company, and Lewis Jewelers. Welcome to the Stadium in Maine podcast. I am Justin Rowe, joined by my co-host, Michael Spath. It is Friday, February 12th. We are so close, Mike, to getting uh, Michigan athletics back. Well, actually, the women's basketball team played last night and dominated uh, they got back to it right away, but we've got wrestling and volleyball and men's basketball and even more coming on this weekend. So things are starting to feel back to normal after a little bit off here with the two-week pause. And we had our own little one-week pause as well. So we're happy to be back here. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great, Justin. And yeah, you know, I mean, it was funny. You and I talked last week and we were just like, should we do a we do a podcast i'm like what are we going to talk about unless we just jumped into our super bowl predictions mm -hmm. uh, which we could have done and i think the super bowl probably surprised both of us um oh, yeah. you know certainly did not expect uh the tampa bay bucks to dominate kansas city in the way that they did um and brady you know congratulations to tom brady getting his seventh title um we, we'll get into that a little bit and, and talk about you know what was the most surprising part of that game for you Talk a little about the NFL Hall of Fame with uh, Charles Woodson uh, getting announced as an inductee. Calvin Johnson, a local uh, product here from the Detroit Lions, getting inducted, which is great. But, but Justin, what did you do? Well, how did you keep yourself busy besides going uh, snowboarding in the last <laughs> weekend? What did you do to keep yourself busy with no Michigan basketball, no Michigan hockey, no women's basketball, no nothing? Were you like an NBA fan all of a sudden? Did you – watch a lot of college hoops. I mean, what did you do with your free time these last two weeks? Yeah, you know, my day job did take up a, a good chunk of time, as I know did yours. So that definitely kept me busy, which was good because it felt there was an emptiness, right, without Michigan athletics. I know it's it's crazy to say that because we are, um, you know, we're we're grown men that, uh, that uh, you know, shouldn't be relay, relying on uh, – Michigan uh, athletics and stuff, but I still, it's a big part of my life, obviously with my fiance working there too. Um, but I, yeah, snowboarding was great. I, I ended up, I I've been getting into the sports gambling a bit, uh, betting on some college hoops uh, around the big 10 and some other games, NBA as well. Um, so I, I had a lot of fun betting on the Super Bowl as well. I don't, this, 
all the different prop bets in the Super Bowl, with whether it was the timing of the national anthem or what was the first song that uh, the weekend was going to play. That was a fun time as well. So I, you know what, I'm happy that Michigan uh, basketball will be back. Michigan hockey will be back and wrestling and volleyball. Um, it, it'll feel like a, a little bit of normalcy is, is back to our lives now. And, and hopefully we can come out for a Michigan basketball win, you know, uh, this weekend against Wisconsin too. But yeah, how about yourself? I, I know, I know you said work was a little crazy for you as well, but um, what, what else is going on in your life? Well, man, work has been crazy. It's been fun. I've been working on a lot of different businesses, uh, their insurance needs. Um, working on a distillery, which is like my dream, dream <laughs> insurance gig. Um, I already told the guy that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to become one of his official taste testers uh, as, they're, as they're getting their product ready for retail. Um, so that was super, that, you know, that was fun for me. Um, working on a couple other things that, uh, you know, a, a sports technology business. Um, so it's, that's been great. I've loved working at Catholic Insurance Group the last couple of weeks. Other than that, you know, honestly, the little guy keeping us busy. And then my wife and I completely got into Schitt's Creek. Oh. And we have been binging that. Like, like we, we do about four to five. It's 20 minutes long. So we can do like four to five episodes a night. We've gone through. We're in season five right now. Um, we've been flying through it. Uh, I didn't like it at first. I honestly, like, I thought the humor was a little awkward. But you give yourself a little bit of time. It's a hilarious show. The characters, you know, great character arcs, the evolution of who they are as people has been fun to watch. Uh, so we've been getting through that. Yeah, like I said, I mean, generally about two hours a night uh, we've been watching that instead of watching college basketball, instead of watching the Pistons or the Red Wings. Uh, and then we, you know, we had our in-laws over for, for the Super Bowl. And Justin, I don't know about you and Jacqueline, but so it was – my, my wife and me, uh, my wife and I, my father-in-law and mother-in-law, who have always been part of our quarantine bubble, and then my sister-in-law and my niece and nephew have always been part of our quarantine bubble. So there were five adults and three children. The three children literally eat like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They don't eat anything. So there are five <laughs> adults. We had two full slabs of ribs. We had a giant thing of macaroni and cheese, a giant thing of roasted potatoes from Chicken Shack, we had coleslaw from Chicken Shack. We had a fruit salad. We had appetizers. I, like, I looked at oh the women goodness. in my life, and I thought, and, and my wife had asked me originally, like, hey, do you want to make your infamous, your famous buffalo chicken dip? And I'm like, no, we don't need this food. We've got too <laughs> much food as it is. Like, no one's going to eat all this stuff. And sure enough, the Super Bowl ended. We went into the kitchen to clean up, and we had a full slab of ribs. We had like three quarters of macaroni and cheese with all these. So we ended up having leftovers for Monday and Tuesday. And I like leftovers. I really do. But leftover ribs is not the easiest thing to recook. True. Uh, and, you know, and the macaroni and cheese was good. But by the time I got to Wednesday, I was like looking at my wife and going like, all right, we need to get vegetarian food the next two days. My <laughs> rib, my own personal ribs, my lungs, my kidneys. Everything. You're getting the meat this sweats. need a break. <laughs> ah, yeah, hey we were the, the cream we we did we did similar we had steaks uh we were over at one of my friend's house with just uh them and one other couple so kept it small as well but i mean that isn't that the point of the super bowl though is to just indulge yourself on a million different uh foods maybe not quite as much you overdid it 
uh, quite a bit there. But I think that's that's like a that's part of a Super Bowl tradition itself. On top of the game is the food, right? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, we did Super Bowl squares with my family, and you know we had I think there were maybe like twenty of us doing Super Bowl squares, but somehow my brother, his two kids, his two girls, my brother. Uh, my brother won twice, and his two girls won the other two quarters. So my brother's family won every square. <laughs> so by the end of the night, like, everybody was kind of, like, you know, giving him the middle finger. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, he was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I won a second square. I just won whatever it was, 25 bucks. Everybody put a buck in. And I'm like, Jimmy, shut up, dude. Just shut up. Like, I don't want to hear from you, you know? Um, yeah, the squares you know, sound was- fun until you don't win them, and then you're like, this is so stupid. <laughs> right. Right, absolutely. You know, and then there's some other some the, the commercials. I liked like the Matthew McConaughey commercial. It's for mm-hmm. Doreen. I mean, there were some good commercials, and the game was competitive for what the first half. It was still within striking distance in the third quarter, but it was pretty clear from watching that game through the first half and into the third quarter that Patrick Mahomes was as comfortable as uncomfortable as he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Because of the the pass rush, his lack of offensive tackles. I mean, you know, Tom Brady got the MVP. I thought the MVP should have been uh, the the two defensive ends, Jason Pierre-Paul uh, and Shaq. Uh, is it Shaq Bennett, Shaq Barrett from uh, from Tampa Bay? I mean, yeah. outstanding yeah. job that they did that game. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, you knew it was going to be Tom if they won, just because it's Tom, right? But um, I do think it was. I mean. I've never seen Pat Mahomes run for his life like that. Cause usually even when defenses do get pressure on Mahomes, he's able to escape and, and, you know, do his magic that he always does. He, he didn't even have a chance to do that. And I know the chiefs, uh, they had some struggles at, on the offensive line because I think Eric Fisher had tore his Achilles the week before. Um, but uh, it's, uh, you know, I still, have not seen Pat Mahomes, like you said, as uncomfortable as he was in that game. And so um, they couldn't get anything going. And just the Chiefs offense in general doesn't seem like they have been stopped like that in the past, what, two, three years under Andy Reid. So definitely, you know, if you were giving a legitimate MVP, it would be to somebody on that defensive line or the the front eight there. Um, But I will say, you know what? There were some. There've been some times like I remember. You know, Peyton Manning with the Broncos, where he got the MVP, and he was actually not great. It was just the the Broncos had a great defense. Tom had a great game. Tom was slinging it like he was back. Uh, you know, twenty seven years old or something. Um, he really. You know, I thought he played really well. How about him and Gronk reuniting for two TDs? I mean, you got to be kidding me. These guys are like just about falling apart and uh and they still somehow put it all together to to make plays in the in the freaking Super Bowl championship you know it's it's unbelievable really it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun as a Michigan fan as someone who you know every Michigan fan has a soft place in their heart for Tom Brady and Mm -hmm. certainly the way that he divorced from the the Patriots and all the debates about whether it was Belichick or Brady or whether it was just like the perfect team. Uh, and it looks pretty clear like Tom Brady was um, fundamentally the reason why the Patriots had all that success. And we'll have to see mm-hmm. if Belichick can bounce back if he gets a different quarterback in there than Cam Newton. 
But no, I, I really, I, I did enjoy that aspect of it. I'll say this, two things. One, Patrick Mahomes, even falling to the ground, makes spectacular throws. Like as good of a, as he, he, it was like he was doing the old backyard game 500, just throw up in the air, except he was like playing like Horizontal. 500. And then, and then, but they were, but they would go like exactly right to their guys. Like honestly, twice he was being dragged to the ground and twice he should have had touchdowns off of it. Yeah, the one the one you know? picture that came about where he is legitimately horizontal, slinging it sideways with an with his arm, uh, and then that is the one play I believe that hit his own guy in the helmet, in the face mask, in the end zone, and that's one that you're talking about. I'm assuming that it could have been, should have been a touchdown. Uh, I think he did get uh, it got you know tipped or something like that by the defender, but. Yeah. Still, it's just his athletic ability with his arm is just truly unbelievable. He he does things that I I don't know, you know, you're older than I am, but I really have not seen somebody do things uh, with their arm. You know, I, I'm a big Matt Stafford guy. I know you have your reservations about him, but uh, Stafford can do things with his arm, but still – I think Mahomes really, it, it takes it to the next level there. It's, you know, there were times, like you said there, where um, we were with a bunch of Bucks fans. Uh, my my fiance's uh, parents are from Tampa Bay. They were actually down in Tampa, not at the game, but they were uh, kind of tailgating around the, the stadium and stuff like that. So we were rooting for the Bucks, but then I like he, Pat Mahomes just, he makes your jaw drop. He's hard not to root for because yeah. you're like, Oh my God! How did he make that throw? How did he do that? So we we found ourselves even while rooting for the Bucks multiple times, we would be like, Oh my God! Kind of rooting for for Mahomes to to uh, complete some of those passes because of what he was doing. So um, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's just gonna be. I uh, how long is uh, first of all, how long is Tom Brady gonna still be able to do it? Because I believe he said that he's coming back. And then uh, uh, the second question. How long is Pat Mahomes going to do that? Is he going to be into his 40s doing the same thing? Because he's still dang young. Yeah, I mean, honestly, quarterbacks continue to show that they have a, a long shelf life, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is getting up there. Uh, lots of quarterbacks. Drew Brees is in his 40s and still getting it done. Matt Ryan in his late 30s and looks great still. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you can keep going and going and going. In, in especially the way that the NFL takes care of its quarterbacks now with anti right. low hits, um, you can't even like pancake them anymore, right? I mean, we saw that. I don't know that I think that was one of the playoff games that was one of the more innocent hits I've ever seen, and they got called for a flag. Mm-hmm. So they protect their quarterbacks. So I, I think you're going to see more and more guys last into their into their late 30s and and maybe see some of their even their early 40s uh, because of that and. I hope so. I hope we get to watch Patrick Mahomes for another 15 plus years because right. um, he is truly remarkable. The other thing that really stood out to me, though, about the you know the, the two defensive ends and the defensive line that was getting after Patrick Mahomes is doesn't that give you a little bit of hope as a Michigan football fan? I mean, as bad as as the beatdowns have been with Ohio State for the last however many years, if you have two ridiculously good defensive ends that can create pressure. You know, next year, we don't know who the quarterback will be for Ohio State, but, you know, we can probably say it's going to be someone pretty special because they have had a, a incredible run here of great quarterbacks. And so if you can – you get Aiden Hutchinson back. If you get the right guy with him, um, who is his bookend, 
you know, there's a really strong possibility that you could disrupt a game with two guys. And mm-hmm. so I look at, I mean, like, look at, look at Trevor Lawrence, look at Clemson, uh, look at Alabama. If you can put pressure on quarterbacks, you have got yourself a really good opportunity to have success. So I, I don't know. To me, it's like that gives me hope and optimism that someday Michigan football could win again because they could put some pressure on whoever Ohio State's quarterback is. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and you know, that that's what makes me so sad and disappointed that we weren't able to see Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay really both going at it this year, you know, outside of a, a, a little bit with the, with the injuries to both of them. So um, I, I think th- that duo could have been the duo that you're talking about. But I also – it gives me hope now with this new defensive staff and with – it seems like Sean Nua unleashed now, whether he was handcuffed or whatever by Don Brown, you know, I don't know what that situation was, but – Something has put a spur into Sean Nua, and he is recruiting the hell out of defensive tackles now. So I think if you do that, and then you add to the defensive ends that are gonna uh, that are gonna produce for Michigan uh, with Aiden Hutchinson as well, I agree. As long as you can have that front, you don't have to be crazy good on the offensive side because you know Tampa, their offense was not like you know unbelievable. You have Tom Brady, obviously. He is the greatest to ever do it. But I think that that wasn't their strength. So I agree with you. As long as you have a good uh, defensive front uh, and, and can disrupt the pass and disrupt that, that quarterback's rhythm, it does give Michigan a chance against an Ohio State who's, whose offense has been pretty prolific, obviously, over the past five years, over the past decade, really. Um, so – I would say definitely it would be, you know, that's something now with this defensive staff that it's something to look at. And then if you add Lance Dixon from Penn State into the picture, if you add some more linebackers, you know, then that front eight can be really, really good. So, uh, you know, I'll ask you this now, as you've seen the defensive uh, staff, this new defensive staff come in over the last two weeks or so and already make a splash with some commits from some corners, and a lot of offers out there, crystal balls and things like that. What's your take? Do you think that this is going to be a huge step up from Don Brown, or are we getting a little too excited too quickly here? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I mean, <laughs> it's recruiting, right? It's the off season. Michigan wins, rec- does well with recruiting every year. They win the off season a lot of times. Um, you know. I'm going to be a broken record on this and, and just say over and over again, wait until the games get played. I, we, we don't know anything about Mike McDonald. We don't know anything about Mo Linguist as coordinators yet. We don't know how they're going to call plays. We don't know uh, what type of defense they're going to run, what they're going to set up, how they're going to use guys. Are they going to unleash Aiden Hutchinson as uh, a Bosa-like player as a defensive end? I really hope so because he's mm-hmm. got that type of talent. Um, you know, I can't – I mean, yay, kudos – you know, the signing day last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, was a good day for Michigan. They got, uh, they were able to get three defensive tackles and, you know, Rayshon Benny, uh, Ike, Ike Akunawa, um, Ike Wanawa, uh, you know, he's going to, ha- it's going to be a tough last name. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then George Rooks. So that's, that's really good. I'm glad that they got him, but you know, I, I'm not making any, I'm not passing any judgment. I'm not making any comments on what type of defense or you know how's this going to be am i energized by it no 
I'm not. I'm not energized by anything in the offseason anymore, really. Like, you could come out of spring ball and say that J.J. McCarthy's a starting quarterback and say, hey, man, does this change your expectations for the season? And I would say no. You know, there's really mm-hmm. nothing to, for me that is going to get me excited about in the offseason. For Michigan football, week two, they play Washington at home. That's a good Power 5 conference school. You go out there and beat Washington in week two, I'll start to get excited. You got Wisconsin pretty early on in the year. Uh, they just came out with a revised uh, football schedule for the Big Ten for, in, for Michigan. You know, you, you go out there and you beat Wisconsin pretty early on in the year. You beat Nebraska, who I think is on the road. Okay, now I'm going to be excited about Michigan football. But, I mean, I'm not trying to be like a rain on anybody's parade. If, if, you, if you're loving the recruiting, if you're loving the, the Twitter talk from these guys, the, the big talk about, you know, pay attention to Michigan and, and look out and we're not done and all that stuff, like that's entirely your prerogative. But for me, no, man, it's, it's results on the field. That's the only thing that's going to get me excited and energized uh, about uh, Jim Harbaugh and his future at Michigan. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the, the realistic, uh, you know, take on things, I, I think. You know, it's, I think it's natural for uh, Michigan fans and, and you and myself to get a little bit excited, right, about the, oppor- the possibility, the opportunity of a, new, of a new coaching staff coming in and saying, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to change things up. We're going to, you know, bring new guys in, young guys in. Uh, maybe they change the defense up a little bit so it's not exactly what Don Brown was running. Um, which is uh, what, that's what my hope is. Let's not go man to man every single time. Let's have some options there. Let's run a three, four, possibly let's run a zone uh, at times. Mm -hmm. I think that it's, you know, the, 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 what, what is exciting to me is that I'm hoping that we don't have a stubborn guy in there calling the defense. That's going to run the same damn thing over and over and over again. That's what's exciting to me. There's a possibility that Mike McDonald could come in and say, all right, we're going to either blow this whole thing up or let's take the good things that Don Brown did. Obviously, it worked at times, but when we need to pivot against an Ohio State or against a team that exploits us, then we'll pivot. You know, that's what's exciting. And, And I will say I am a little bit excited about the recruiting. I mean, I think that, you know, you and I have identified that Recruiting wasn't really the issue, you know, it, it, yes, it could be better. We could go, Michigan could go up go out and get uh, five stars instead of four stars or four stars instead of three stars. Yes, but they've gotten the top 10 class. That has not been the issue. You know, what my question is, what does, let's say Michigan moves up from, they, they, they blow everything out of the water and recruiting and they move up from the top 10 class to a top five class in 2022 or something like that. Does that really make it that big of a difference, Mike? Does that really, is that mm-hmm. what Michigan needs or is it, okay, let's develop those guys. Let's have a culture that, uh, that is a chip on our shoulder at all times. Nothing's going to get us down and then win those games. Because I think that's been more of the issue. So, yes, there's excitement in the recruiting. There's excitement in the offseason, as there always is for Michigan. You're correct. Um, but I think it, it's, a, it's still a, hey, you still need to prove it to us. And with all this turnover in coaching, with everything that we've talked about, um, with new coaches, young guys, there's still a lot to prove out there. There are so many guys on this staff they haven't really proved a whole lot that we'll be waiting until next September to see what they can do. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. No, there, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, you know, and, and, and again, to each their own, to each fan their own. But um, 
I just can't, I, I can't draw conclusions until I've seen results. I mean, it, it's as simple as that. I mean, let, let's see what uh, Mike McDonald comes up with. You know, he's, he's getting paid a lot of money. Um, you know, let's see how he, let's, let's see how he brings these pieces together. Honestly, I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking at the cornerbacks, uh, the safeties, like guys like Dax Hill, like if Dax Hill gets the most out of his ability, if he's a, a big time playmaker for Michigan defense, if Aiden Hutchinson is a guy that gets unleashed and can get double digit sacks. Um, if they find a way to make Josh Ross as, as good as realize his potential, which we saw two years ago, far more than we saw a year ago. Uh, if, if things like that happen and Chris Hinton becomes a star uh, and, you know, Michael Barrett continues to blossom and they figure out, they get some shutdown corners, they get some guys who can really play great man-to-man defense. Like to me, like, okay, I'll, I'll start to believe in these coordinators, but right now you got two guys with no experience who uh, are talking a big game and who, who have been identified as by their coaches up and comers. And, you know, certainly I'm all about the up and comers. I'm all about the idea of, of somebody becoming a star uh, and getting their opportunity. We'll just have to see if it works out, you know, and, but, but you can't, to me, like you, there's nothing you can do right now. We're February, early February. There's nothing these guys can do right now. You know, they can go out there and get great recruits and that's important. Um, but everything will be judged by football Saturdays. And, and that's just the way that it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's year seven. Uh, if it was year one, if it was year two, if it was year three, those are the type of things you can get more excited about. But in year seven, everybody just wants to see results. They want to see if these two guys were the right moves um, by Jim Harbaugh. And, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, I'm not sitting here going, like, well, these guys are going to be failures. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give them every opportunity to be, to be successful. But I'm not going to give them, laud them and praise them and talk about how great they're going to be until I see it with my own two eyes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, I mean, at this point, you know, we've seen the hype. We've seen the, okay, the talk about how great everybody is. We've heard all that stuff. Right now, it's not up or shut up, right? Like, we, I, I'm sick mm-hmm. of, a, of that type of talk a little bit, um, you know. But I also do, like you said, like, I want to give these guys a – I don't want to – like shit on these guys, these new guys, just because of what we've seen from Jim Harbaugh for six years. You know, I do want to give the new guys a chance to come in and make a splash instead of saying, instead of grouping them with, you know, what Harbaugh has done and giving them a negative connotation right away. So I do want to give them that shot at that they, that they deserve. Now, my question for you is if they continue to make this huge recruiting splash and let's say they get into a top five class for 2022 or things are looking like really, really good for Michigan uh, on the recruiting trail, maybe even it, maybe it's even higher than the top five class, but Michigan goes out and goes nine and three or eight and four next year. Does that change your mind at all? Does it give a longer leash to Jim Harbaugh and these guys to say, okay, well, Maybe they need a, like, I, I know it's year six, it's year seven, but is it, okay, well, we'll give them one more shot here with these better recruits that they've gotten because it seems to be get, going better. Um, the, or is it, you know what, it doesn't matter. They still can't get it done on the field. I don't care about the recruiting. Yeah, I mean, it's the latter. I You know, that's, to me, like the whole thing comes down to whether you give Jim Harbaugh a free pass and a reset button because he's hired all new coaches and he's, you know, changing things up in the whole thing. Is it about, if it's, if it's all about the new coaches, then you say like, well, these guys need a couple of years. I and mean, that's totally fair. 
but it's not all about the defensive coordinator. It's not about McDonald's. It's not about language. It's about Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh made this decision in the offseason uh, to get rid of Ed Warner and to get rid of uh, Mike Zordich and to get rid of Don Brown. Like Jim Harbaugh is in year seven. Jim Harbaugh has not beaten Ohio State or has won a Big Ten title or anything like that. And so to me, it's it, it, you, you don't get I – mean, if he goes eight and four, but he has the number three recruiting class in the country, I, I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I've uh, – from the moment that he re-signed his contract – back in January and we had our first conversation about what the expectations are for Jim Harbaugh in 2021. They've been the same. They're not going to change. If you don't go out there and you're not winning 10 games and you're not uh, competitive in the fourth quarter with Ohio state and you're not winning your bowl game and you're not beating Michigan state, then I don't care because it's not year one. Okay. You don't get to hit the reset button. You don't get to say, well, this is a brand new start to Michigan football. It's not, it's year seven. And at this point, you need to be a you need to be all those things that you were supposed to be in year four and year five and year six. So no, there's no there's no like, hey, the future is bright because they brought in a great recruiting class. No, they've brought in great recruiting classes. They've brought in great recruits. You either get the job done on the football field or you don't. And if you don't, then you don't deserve to be here any further because you've had a long, long opportunity to do so. So Justin, I mentioned it's been pretty cool because this week I've been working on a distillery as a potential new business uh, and can't really get into the details yet. Um, but, you know, hopefully we'll be able to share that uh, in a couple of weeks, but I just, I just, we paused for a second. I just picked up some carry out from uh, a new restaurant that I wrote the business for about two weeks ago. And that is uh, Miss Monica's carry out. Um, it's on Livernoy in Detroit. And I'm really excited about this. First of all, I'm in the car right now. The food smells amazing. It's like Southern food. I met the woman who is actually Monica, uh, who this this place is named after. Uh, And so that's pretty cool. But I like about it, too. You know what, Justin? Like, I don't know about you, but I'll be honest. I'm a white guy from Gross Point who lives in Royal Oak, (laughs) who went to the University of Michigan. Um, You know, I have not stepped outside of my comfort zone a whole lot in my life. And over the summer, Black Lives Matter, the social justice that was going on, and my wife and I had conversations about, like, you know, what can we do? Uh, you know, how can we become, you know, more active? How, what type of things can we do that so we're not just saying, hey, we're not racist. Hey, we're not prejudiced. Hey, we have mm-hmm. some black friends. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, look at us. So I'm really proud of this one for this reason. This is a black-owned business in Detroit. And when we were first talking about writing for them, uh, you know, I got a little bit of pushback um, from some insurance companies and some from from some underwriters that just generally steer clear of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And what I said to them was I said, look, man, like if we're going to talk about social justice and we're going to talk about making a difference, like we we have to write these type of businesses right. because this is how we make a difference a little bit. You know, we like otherwise. Maybe they end up with an insurance program that's not as good for them. So I was really excited about it. The guy's name is James Palmer, the owner of Miss Monica's Carryout. Super nice guy. Just got a chance to meet him. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm geeked, man. I'm, I'm really excited about the food. I'm really excited that it's one of my clients. Uh, and I'm just excited that I'm at a company, uh, Captain Insurance Group, that had my back and had James Palmer's back. They were 100% all in. On, on insuring, you know, and, and acting as the broker to make sure that he got the best possible insurance coverage uh, available. And so I love working there. These are the type of businesses 
distilleries, sports information, uh, working on a, a financial um, investment firm. I mean, all over the gamut uh, that uh, if you need insurance, and everybody does, unfortunately, if you need insurance, um, you can uh, reach out to me, mspath at capnick.com, uh, and I would love to talk to you about uh, how we can help you. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that is an awesome story there. I mean, I, 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 my, my fiance used to work downtown at, at Wayne State in their athletic department as well. You know what? Detroit is, is great. I understand there are some not so great parts of it. Um, but if you actually go down there it's and, and appreciate it for what it is, I love being downtown Detroit. And there are some awesome businesses down there that need the support that you're talking about. So, um, yeah, I haven't been down there in a minute, honestly. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I need to get myself back down there to, to support all them that have probably been struggling here through COVID. So, um, so yeah, well, that, that is the great, day, man. The food just, yeah, the food's like, I can't wait. I got meatloaf and gravy with a side of macaroni and cheese and candy yams. And then oh. the other one that they recommended was their, their half, their half uh, bird of uh, barbecue chicken. Uh, so I got that with uh, collard greens and baked beans. And again, and then I got the bread pudding, banana bread pudding. So wow. all the favorites uh, really look forward to, to trying it. And if you want to give it a shot, Miss Monica's carry out. I think it's actually Miss Monica carry um, is the, is the name of the restaurant on liver noise. So really easily accessible too. I'm on the lodge freeway right now. I use the Davidson to get there. Uh, super easy to get to. So um, give them a try and let me know what you think. Um, so, but Justin, two week pause. We mentioned, we talked a little football. We talked the NFL. Let's talk about what's in front of us though. Hockey returns this weekend. They were riding a four game winning streak basketball returns. They were, you know, first place in the big 10. They find themselves still in first place, uh, in the big 10, even after the two week pause. Uh, and it doesn't look like the big 10 is going to try to cram in Michigan, having to make up all these games that they missed. But they get this game against Wisconsin on Sunday, on Valentine's Day. What a great way to tell your, your significant other, your fiancé, my wife, like, hey, happy Valentine's Day. I get to watch Michigan basketball today. Thanks. <laughs> um, but, you know, what are your expectations? I think they have seven games listed on their schedule left to go. What are your expectations for the rest of the season? And, you know, I, I guess, like, are you trying to temper those a little bit, knowing that they just took two weeks off and it's, really close to three weeks off and it's not going to be flipping the switch here. Yeah. I, I think there's a couple things to think about where the, the team, I, I know Juwan Howard came out in the press conference. He said that everybody's legs looked a little wobbly, a little shaky. They were concerned about, you know, the, uh, the conditioning of the team, which uh, they did start the conditioning last week, actually. So it was the end of last week that they started conditioning. So at least that helped. Uh, there were no team practices. It was individual uh, workouts and stuff. So that does help. Uh, and now they're getting, you know, they got back into, got back into practice this week. Um, so I, I don't know how concerned I am about conditioning. You and I talked about it, though. I, I know uh, myself when I play pickup hoops after a while of taking off, <laughs> basketball shape is different than just running on a treadmill and stuff. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely something to, to take into, into consideration. Um, but you know what? I actually think from the sounds of it, the, the players and Juwan and the rest of the assistant coaches, they are so hungry to be back. 
And we figured that they would, right? But in Juwan's press conference today, I mean, he literally said, you know what? If we need to go play Wisconsin outside on a court and shovel the snow off, we're ready to do it. So I think that uh, from the, the lagging and stuff that they're going to run into with, uh, with having two or three weeks off here, I think the hunger to get back at it could make up for that a little bit. So I don't know that I'm going to temper my expectations much. I really think mm-hmm. that they could hit the ground running here. Um, we'll see, obviously, in the first half. You know, playing in the coal center is not uh, the the most uh, not the fun, most fun way to come back after a three week st- uh, stretch of being off. Um, but I think that they're hungry to get back at it. I think this team is. You know, we've talked about the versatility of this team. That if somebody's struggling to come back right away. They have plenty of other options. They can go inside to Hunter Dickinson. They can get outside. Uh, you know, they can bring in Shawnee Brown to if uh, if they need an en- energy boost or Brandon Johns. So I, I don't know how much I'm going to temper my expectations. Honestly, I think that you know I will be concerned if they do start trying to uh, make up some of these games and plug them in uh, because I know MSU has done that. I know that Indiana has done that. Um, but I, I would just uh, you know. I'm excited to see him back. I think that there's a, a good possible possibility that they hit the ground running here. Yeah, I'm I'm actually the opposite. I, I think they're gonna, there's going to be a little bit of a struggle. I, I would, you know, if we're talking about the game on Sunday, I think they'll lose um, because I think it's going to take a little bit of time to get some of that. You know, I was just on the radio with Sam and Ira this weekend. I said the chemistry, I think, will be there. But in terms of, you know, how much have they been able to shoot the basketball the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks? Um you know, how much have they been able to to work on their defense? How much have they been able to, uh, you know, to continue to to hone their, their craft in terms of their offense? Um, you know, I think all those things are going to take some time. And to me, the two most important players um, on this uh, on this team in the way back or coming back from the, the pause are Hunter Dickinson and Franz Wagner. And the reason is, is that, you know, the three point shot you know, you need, you need some rhythm. You need confidence. Mm-hmm. You need the, the, the rep, uh, rep, uh, repetition of, of shots that you're taking to kind of get into a groove. I think that's going to take them a little bit of time. So what you don't need as much of is being back to the basket, being close to it. Hunter Dickinson, you know, if he can take over a couple of these games and, and score in the twenties, uh, that is a great opportunity for Michigan to be successful. And then Franz Wagner is someone who now look, uh, Isaiah Livers can get to the basket. We've seen, um, you know, we, we've, we've seen Mike Smith, you know, get closer to the basket. Uh, Shonda Brown does have a good shot. Eli Brooks is, can do it all. But to me, Franz Wagner is someone that can live near the rim too. Most of his buckets uh, that are not three-pointers are him with that long Euro stride, mm-hmm. uh, getting to the hoop and taking his opponent by surprise. I think he's someone who, the more that he can attack at the rim, the better off Michigan's going to be. And then at the end of the day, the one thing that does excite me about uh, about their chances coming back here is Justin is this is a great defensive team, mm-hmm. right? And offense might take a little bit of time to come back. At least that's what I think. But defense doesn't. Defense is attitude. Defense is effort. Defense is hustle. And those are all things that Michigan has in droves. Um, and even if their legs are not there, what I would do if I was Juwan Howard and I was Phil Martelli and I was his staff, and I'm sure that they're going to do is I would look at it and say, yeah, before the break, we're essentially down to an eight-man rotation. But after this break right now, we're probably going to be a nine- or ten-man rotation because mm-hmm. I can't ask Isaiah Livers to play the first 12 minutes of the game. Like, I need to ask Isaiah Livers to play four minutes, and then I'm going to give him a two-minute break, right? And then four minutes and a two-minute break type of thing. 
Yeah, I think that that's, you know, we talked a little bit about this before the season or right when the season started about how is Juwan going to handle this rotation? How does he handle having eight solid players that, that could be starters, right? Um, and I think it's going to be situational, and he's going to see that. I trust I trust Phil Martelli more than Juwan Howard in this situation, honestly, uh, in terms of in-game coaching and, and managing that rotation. I think they're going to figure it out. Who's going to, you know, they'll ease him back into it. But I think that the the deepness of this rotation of uh, this this rotation in the Michigan basketball team really does help them easing back back into it. And you know, I would be surprised if they hadn't been shooting somewhere over this break. I really highly doubt that they all just sat in their houses and dorm rooms and apartments and didn't do anything. I would have to imagine that they probably found a hoop outside or a hoop in some other gym or something like that, um, you know, that, that they that they could have been not team practicing, but at least getting some shots up on their own. So uh, I would have to imagine that that's the case. Um, and you know what, Mike? Well, yes, they're going to be tough on, on the legs. They're playing an old team on Sunday. Wisconsin, their their average age is like 25, you know. It's, it's a bunch of old men. So <laughs> So they, yeah. uh, they, they, maybe that'll help them ease into it there. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. The shooting is what I probably would be most concerned about. Um, Juwan Howard said that there were some turnovers in the, uh, in their couple practices, um, that were abnormal. So I think some rhythm, uh, like you've mentioned, uh, to get them back into it is definitely important, but, um, I don't know. I agree with you too. If, if we can just ride, Hunter Dickinson in a couple of these games right away while everyone else gets gets back into the rhythm, that could be the, the quick fix. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a little bit of like right now we're all kind of speculating. You know, we really need to watch this game against uh, Wisconsin on, on Sunday uh, to get a feel for, for where they are conditioning, where they are chemistry, where they are offensive flow and defense and the whole thing. And then we'll have a far better – uh, idea of, of, of what to expect. But I, I will say this, they're two games up, you know, the, the, they're eight and one, uh, Illinois nine and three. So that's the second place team. So they have two losses in hand uh, against the second place team. So that gives them a little bit of breathing room. Um, and you certainly expect that Illinois is going to lose another basketball game or Ohio state's going to lose another basketball game. I know they're both on four game winning streaks, uh, but they're going to lose again. And so you know, Michigan's got a little bit of wiggle room here. Um, to me, I, again, the biggest thing is like, as long as they don't try to make up these games and try to cram, Hey, you played and like, a, you know, two days later you play. And then two days later you play and two days later you play. Like that's a bad idea. If they just mm-hmm. played these final six, seven games, um, Michigan, you know what, if they go four and three in these, in these last seven, they win the big 10. Right. Right. I mean, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of wiggle room that they have because they were so, so good early on in the team. The, the Big Ten has been picking them apart. Here's the other thing I'll say down the stretch. If they beat uh, they've, they've won more against Illinois, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. So if they beat Illinois, I think they win the Big Ten. Right. So yeah. there's there's a big opportunity for them here. And at the end, of, and you know, the thing is, too, is that if they don't win the Big Ten, that would be a bummer because of the way that they were playing um, it, before the, the two week pause. But let's face it, like everything's about the NCAA. And if they can find their stride going into uh, the NCAA tournament, you know, before this pause, we were talking about them as a legit national championship team, a legit Mm -hmm. national championship contender. So to me, that's what this is all about. It's not about in your next week, do you go 2-0 and 
um, or even in your next two weeks, do you go two and two um, or three and one? It's more about like, can you get this team playing its best basketball again, like it was? And if you can, then the possibilities for what this season uh, could ultimately end up with are very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I agree with that. And you know what? We were just talking about how we, we need to possibly rely on Hunter Dickinson to carry this team. But I actually – I'm going to go ahead and change my mind there and say this is actually probably on the seniors right now. This is on Isaiah Livers. This is on Eli Brooks. This is on Austin Davis. I'm assuming he's healthy now to come back. These guys have been around. It's going to be tough for some of these younger guys to come in uh, and, you know, after a long pause, that's something that they've never dealt with. Obviously, the seniors haven't either. But this is a senior-led team by, by Isaiah Livers. And I'm going to throw in Franz Wagner in there, too, even as a sophomore. He's still very mature, and he leads the team. So I'm going to say it's on those guys to take this team into their own hands and say, hey, I know we've been throwing a curveball. I know that we've got the, our backs against the wall a little bit now, and the target's on our back for sure. But – we need. There's no excuses. We we have the clear path to the Big Ten, and we need to we need to you know suck it up and go out and play good basketball. And I agree with you with what you said too earlier that it needs to start with the defense. They may go in a shooting slump. They may struggle on some turnovers, but they can play good defense. And Shawnee Brown, maybe he's going to come in and be that defensive guy for them. Franz Wagner is probably the best defensive player in all of the Big Ten, maybe the country. And so I think that those are the guys that need to lead this team. And, and, and it needs to just be, you know, if they can't win with, with three-point shooting, if they can't knock down those shots, win with defense and win with energy. So that's what I'm looking for yeah. in, these, uh, in these next couple of weeks. Well, I'm excited. I'm just excited to have it back. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Uh, it should be a lot of fun just to be able to play some basketball again and have something tangible to talk about. And we'll have a, our next podcast uh, early in the week, probably on Monday, uh, talking about what we saw in the Michigan basketball game, recapping any other big news, the hockey team, how are they playing? Uh, we'll get into all of that. Uh, and then, Justin, a very special episode on Tuesday. We're going to be at Wolverine State Brewing Company. Um, we're going to be testing out their brand-new punch skis uh, for, the, for the 2021 they have four punch keys, four specialty punch keys. Um, really looking forward to that. We'll give you some more details. Uh, but going to get the gang back together. Brandon Brown, Zach Shaw, Anthony Skip, uh, Anthony Skip Sylvester, and Matt the Miz Misler are going to join Justin and I over at uh, Wolverine State Brewing Company for brews and donuts. So really wow. looking forward to that on uh, Tuesday. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that is going to be very fun. Not only can I not wait to see all you guys, but I am very excited just for some good food and, and drinks. So uh, Tuesday morning can't come fast enough for me. So you can follow us at Stadium Main Pod on Twitter. I am at Justin Row 92 on Twitter. The, the ghost of Michael Spath is at Michael Spath ITH on Twitter as well. We'll, uh, we'll get him back at some point. But um, enjoy your weekend. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Enjoy having Michigan Athletics back to watch. And we will see you all next week. This is the Stadium and Main podcast, presented by Kapnick Insurance Group, Wolverine State Brewing Company, and Lewis Jewelers.